You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Hey, so today I'm going to be covering two things that are near and dear to me. One is the personal touch, and the second is a podcast for your brand. Both things that, of course, I'm really bullish on. At Privy, I'm known to write handwritten notes for employees, mail them to customers. I might even do this for my investors as well. I just think this stuff goes a really long way. And of course, here we are. I'm out here recording a podcast episode a day, all in the name of what we describe our educational ladder. So that's all about leading with helpful content, bringing in listeners to the Privy Fold. Neither of these things, the personal touch or the podcast, is marketing tactics that I see frequently in e-commerce until I was introduced to Jeremy Lesniak, founder of Whistlekick. And Jeremy spent his whole life in martial arts and found a gap when he was looking around for quality products and community as it relates to martial arts. And I know that story because he's got a great founder letter on his site. Really well done. So a friend of mine, Arian, over at Ignite Post tipped me off that he's sending direct mail thank yous and hosting his own podcast. So I thought it'd be fun to bring him on to chat about both. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So yeah, give us the quick and dirty. Like, what's Whistlekick? How'd you start? Yeah, so Whistlekick started Whistlekick depending on how you want to look at it. Like 2010, 2013, I spent New Year's Eve 2013 building our first e-commerce site on Yahoo Sites, if anybody remembers that, back before you know we had much in the way of choice. And the whole premise was, I've been training since I was four, and the quality of products has actually, in many ways, gotten worse. Hmm. We, we've got a handful of big competitors, and how do we squeak another nickel out of these 10,000, 100,000 units? And it's been a race to the bottom. So I said, all right, there's got to be a better way. And I'd go home from class, and even through the early, mid-2000s, you know, sit down, have a beer dig around. And I wasn't coming up with anything. I said, this isn't right. And so finally I said, fine, I'll do it myself. I had no idea what I was getting myself into and got a little bit of funding and found a factory and yada, yada, ended up with product. You know, we started our our product line with protective equipment. We've diversified to a number of things now. But after a couple of years, I realized nobody knows about us. These big players control the market in so many ways. And they had no interest in letting me in. And that's where I started putting together some ideas. What could I do? And I was an avid podcast listener and we had very few martial arts podcasts early on. I had no idea what went into it. I had been involved in TV and school. And so I I knew some stuff about media. I said, you know, this can't be that hard. Let's figure it out. And so are there a lot of podcasts about martial arts right now? There are now. Yeah. There are quite a few now, especially if you include the mixed martial arts side, whether it's you know, recaps of UFC fights, things like that. And there are a ton of Brazilian jiu-jitsu podcasts. There are a lot of a lot of people out there, they love talking BJJ, and so they'll get together and chat BJJ with their friends. And that's not what we do. We are what I call style agnostic. Yeah. Give me an example of the type of episode that you're putting out on the podcast and also like frequency. Yeah. So we do two episodes a week. We started that almost a year in. Nice. You know, so we're, we're coming up on episode 600. Whoa. And I think the first week that we did two episodes was like episode 37 or 39 somewhere. So it's been a while. And on Mondays, we release an interview episode 
you know, we'll bring a guest on and, and just talk to them about their story in martial arts, whether they're a competitor or a stunt coordinator or a movie star or Joe Blow who loves to train. You know, we, we've had quite the mix, which has been a lot of fun. And then on Thursdays, we generally have more of a topic show. Like last Thursday's episode, a friend of mine who handles another podcast, another podcast involving martial arts, we spent 15, 20 minutes unpacking a 90-second fight scene from Showdown in Little Tokyo. We played it on YouTube at, I think, at quarter speed. And we just, Josh and I just just went. We just chatted about it. You know, what's going on here? Why is Dolph Lundgren doing that? And so that's kind of what we've fallen into. Mondays are guests. Thursdays are more topic, subject-driven. So what I love about this is a while ago, did an episode around like consistency and finding a certain channel that you as the founder are comfortable with yeah, and then being consistent with it. And I think, you know, very clearly just talking to you, I see you've got the gear, like you've got a natural podcast voice. You listen to podcasts. I can tell that you have fun with this. So that's why it's worked for you. Gotta be fun. Yeah. So does it work? It does. It does. And you kind of hinted at this, that you have people that'll start a podcast or any marketing effort and they expect, okay, it's been a week. I should be rich, right? Why, why is this not working? And I come into it a little bit differently because anybody out there who's, who's listening, who's participating in martial arts, know that you don't hit day one and say, oh, I know everything or week one or year one or year 10. It's a constant evolutionary process. And that's the mindset that I bring to our podcast is let's just keep finding ways. In fact, I've got a call with two of the staff later today to talk about how do we take another step forward. And it's just been consistent. I think we missed one episode one time. I had four in the can. I was on vacation. And I got an email from the engineer saying, these four episodes you gave me are all silence. Oh, that's the worst. That was the last time we used Skype. Yeah. Oh, man. So, all right. So it, it sounds like it, it, you really can feel the impact on sales. Clearly, if you've done 600 episodes, like, is this now a top channel for you? It is our top channel. It is the way that we've been able to carve out our niche. And can we directly track sales? Yes and no. We, you know, if you listen to the show, we have a discount code that will throw people. And there are people that I know listen to the show and they intentionally don't use it. Yeah because they, they don't want to do that. But what I think podcasting does, it creates this really interesting, and I, and I bet longtime listeners of your show are going to nod along as I say this, it creates this very powerful, bizarre, one-directional relationship. I've had people come up to me at martial arts events, wait, are you that guy? I once walked by a group and someone stopped me. She recognized my voice. Yeah, wow. How powerful in, in terms of connecting with your target. It's so incredibly intense. These people know who you are and it gives you the ability. It's a responsibility that gives you the ability to make their lives better with whatever it is you do. And as long as I feel if what you do to monetize makes their lives better and you've built that relationship well over the podcast, those dots connect. Amazing. So do you think like do you think these people are finding the podcast because they open their podcast app and search martial arts or because like a guest on your show is sharing their own episode that they were in and that kind of hooks people in? It's both. It's both. We are, I don't want to say fortunate because that implies that we haven't worked hard for this, but at close to 600 episodes, 
if you search martial arts podcasts, it's going to be rare that we're not going to be page one. Wow. Nice. You know, we, we weren't, we weren't the first ones to really hit hard, but we have been the most consistent since we stepped into the space. And that gives, you know, some SEO juice. But I would say discovery, because we're in an odd industry. You know, in most industries, people are like, all right, what's new? What's better? What's flashy? What's super cool that nobody else is doing? In traditional martial arts, it's, okay, what's the oldest thing we can find? It hasn't changed. There's actually pride among many of us based on historical accuracy and lineage. And so to say, hey, here's this cool new thing that we do can be really challenging. And actually, that's impacted sales and some of the things that we do. It's been really challenging. But when we get the guests to say, I was on this show, I had a good experience. I enjoyed talking with Jeremy. You folks should do the same. That's where we'll get some people in. And most of them will stick around for the person that they were inspired to listen to. But some of them will then remain. And that's how we grow. Amazing. It's such a good story. Yeah. I I try to talk to founders I work with around consistency in storytelling, right? And so mm-hmm. some people are comfortable holding a camera up and taking a video of themselves. Others are comfortable writing, turning it into a blog. Others are comfortable talking and talking to customers, right? Which is what you, it sounds like you're so good at. <laughs> I didn't used to be. <laughs> I think that's the key, right? Like yeah. this is tangible, the way that you even described it, two episodes a week, you know, one interview style, one kind of sporadic fun, uh, whatever you're feeling sort of thing. Like, that is within reach. You know, that's what I love about it. And have you experimented with like reformatting some of your podcast episodes into blog posts or anything like that? Yeah. So we actually transcribe all of our new episodes. There's a little bit of a delay on that. And we were, I forget how deep we were before we started that process, but you know, we're slowly chipping away at the backlog and we don't get a ton of people reading those, but we've actually taken some of them and turned them into books on Amazon. Wow. And, you know, just throw them out there at 99 cents, not because it makes us money, because by the time Amazon takes their cut, you know, we make a quarter. You got to sell a lot of transcripts to make up for that time you spent transcribing it, but it's another discovery vector for us. That's fascinating. So you're you're podcasting consistently. You're turning those transcriptions into other kind of avenues and content that can bring larger audience to the table. Yeah. Smart. And it's all search driven, right? None of this is branded around. I mean, it's written and put out by Whistlekick, but you're not leading with Whistlekick in any of this. I guess that depends on how you look at it. You know, when we talk about the show, Martial Arts Radio, it is Whistlekick Martial Arts Radio. Okay. Okay. So it is. We do do that, but we're not putting up these hard boundaries that keep other people out. I've had guests come on the show and as we're doing our pre-show conversation or even in the scheduling process, I'm sponsored by so-and-so that is a competitor of yours. Is that okay? Can I talk about Of course you can talk about them. Yeah. We're here to tell your story. I believe wholeheartedly it's becoming buzz at this point, but I think it's so real. If you help other people get what they want, it will come back around. You know, it might not be direct. It might take 147 hops before it turns around and gets back to you. But if you're putting out good, you're supporting people, they will see that and they will step up. Oh, we totally agree. That's a big part of why we do this, why we lead with help too. I'm so with you on that. Nice. Okay. So, you know, one other thing I wanted to cover today too is is this idea of the personal touch. So I mm. heard <laughs> that you, after every order comes in, send a thank you note to your customers. We do. We do. How'd that come up? 
So it started like a lot of people that somebody put in place an order. And in the very early days, like the early, early days, I did 100% of what happened at this company, you know, like most entrepreneurs. And I'm signing the packing slip, you know, thanks, I really appreciate your support, you know, stuff like that. And I started to see the response, people would write back, hey, I saw the note you left, you know, not just my initials, which people do, you know, just they put their initials on a packing slip, you know, this box packed by Joe. That's great. It, It helps. But I wanted to go a little bit deeper. And sometimes I was even throwing in getting, you know, like silver Sharpie markers and scribbling my name on things. I've had people that wanted me to sign their sparring gear, which was weird. But just finding, okay, that personal touch matters. And then remembering what it felt like to be on the other side of that. When you do business with a company, when you reach out to someone, and remember, a lot of these people have this bizarre one-way relationship with me. They know who I am after years and hundreds of hours of listening to my voice. For me to autograph something, which sounds so arrogant in my ears, is actually meaningful and powerful to them. And that's when I became acquainted with Ignite Post as I was looking around because we have a Shopify store and there was this Ignite Post app and I was like, okay, let's give it a whirl. And it automated those cards. So rather than handwriting the card, like you used to, you used to write a little note, sign it, whatever. Now you're doing it through Ignite Post app, which what makes it look like it's handwritten and it gets sent out or? Ignite Post uses these robots that hold a pen. And, you know, I I upload and, you know, the hardest part was coming up with a relevant but generic enough note template that would work because we sell physical products and digital products. Mm. And I was a little skeptical at first. You know, I turned it on and, you know, I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And then friends of mine started writing me. They're like, you sent me a note. Thank you. Oh, so you you were continuing to see the responses as if it was still you. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And the notes I was writing prior were just going in the box. Yeah. But it's a separate thing. So it's a separate transaction. Mm. So they get another touch point Mm. that is completely unnecessary. And because it's unnecessary and it feels personal, they're that much more grateful, I guess is probably the best word. And we're in this interesting time. You know, we're watching social media faith dissolve rapidly. You know, this pendulum is starting to swing back. And a lot of people have spent a lot of years, a lot of time, money trying to game authenticity. And the people who have refused to do that and simply remained authentic are going to become increasingly more prominent because of what we talked about earlier, that drive to be helpful and supportive to whatever your industry niche is. I love it. I actually really appreciate that it's not just an insert. Inserts are great and, you know, don't shy away from that. But I think the fact that this is a separate interaction that's 100% focused on thank you with no ask in exchange, I think is really clever. And it sounds like your customers really appreciate it too. Does it go out to everyone after every order, like even on repeat orders? We were doing that initially. And then there was an app update recently that made it really easy. I just said, couple days after that order, just the first order. Yeah. Because if you get the same card, you know, three, four times, you know, it starts (laughs) to look a little suspect. And, you know, I'd I'd rather do that because then what are they going to think? They're going to think Jeremy writes these out in batches and sends it. And it's still a positive message. It's still worthwhile. But now it's it's just the first time. And and so they're nice. You know, it's kind of an introduction. It, It brings them into the fold. You know, I put my email address right on there. So it sounds like you've definitely heard positive feedback. You've gotten notes from oh, customers. Oh, for sure. 
do you track the ROI or do you, are you just like, mm, I don't need to? No. I've been in marketing in various ways. My, my last uh, business was an IT consultancy and we had a store component and people would come in first time and write on our intake form, you know, how did you find out about us? And they were putting down the most ridiculous answers. Think places we never were. Oh, we're in the yellow pages. We were never in the yellow pages, you know, things like that. <laughs> and that's when I realized that people actually don't understand how they take action. You know, however you look at marketing theory, whether it's, you know, the old numbers of 8, 10, 13, or the newer ones, 25, 30, 50 impressions before someone takes action. It's usually that last one that they remember. They think that's the one that mattered. When if they hadn't had the 7, 12, 24, 49 impressions before it, they wouldn't have taken action. So instead of getting really myopic and saying, okay, we spent this much money on this action and I can't prove that it hit the bottom line, I just look at the overall metrics. Is traffic to the site going up? Yes. Does SEO you know, look like it's improving and we're getting better search term results? Yes. Okay. Is our orders going up? Yes. Cool. That's what matters. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And, you know, it's not all about ROI all the time, right? If you get that sentiment, you get a note back from your customer after they've ordered, you know, hopefully you want them to make another order. But even if they don't, you know, that sentiment will stick with them and they may tell their friends, right? right? So I'm with you on that. That's amazing. It's the most important thing. Deliver the absolute best quality experience you can at every stage in the game. And as long as you have enough runway or, you know, hopefully your cash flow positive, the rest will work out. It just takes time. Yeah. Nice. Jeremy, this is awesome. I think these are two things that you're doing that I, I wish more people would do. <laughs> Not that everyone needs to start a podcast, but I think the consistency in which you're delivering really helpful content that helps you get found is, is inspiring. And that personal touch, I know you were starting to do it manually and you figured out a way with Ignite Post to make it scale for you. Great stories. I appreciate you coming on to share with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It was fun.